0: The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KMUW presents New Focus on Wealth with certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing, To help you make sense of your money matters.
1: New Focus on Wealth.
0: Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Let's talk retirement planning, financial planning, big issues when you're 55 plus years old and you run into a stock market correction. You may feel like you don't have enough time to recover. How do you get through it? Recovery times are important. Emergency plans, emergency funding. Having a plan. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. You can find him with his own podcast, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton, at any place you digest and consume your podcast. Chad, it's a tough time to retire right now. It's a, a bear market. We haven't seen one in quite a while, but we've seen them before. What are you telling your followers and your listeners and your clients about retiring in this day and age?
2: Uh, Well, for... Um, those that get sick of me saying three years worth of portfolio draws in cash since I've been with doing this with you since 1999. I try not to say I told you so too much because um, that doesn't really help. I think what we have to acknowledge first is how difficult this is for a balanced investor. You know, somebody that's a 50 50 or 60 40 type of mix because, you know, if we're, we're sitting at the, uh, with the S and P 500 right now down, For the year, you know, the 22% downside, you know, 22 to 24% range to the downside, if you look at the lows, that hasn't been the worst correction in the last 50 years, right? I mean, 2008, the stock market was down 37%. Now, starting March of 2009, there was a steady, steady, you know, trend upward. So, if even if you look at investing during, you know, one of the worst periods, which would have been October 2007, that big high before the Great Recession, you're still way ahead, even after going through a huge decline in stocks in 2008, down 37% on the S&P 500. But if we looked prior to this year, if we looked from you know, the end of 2021 back 50 years, the worst period that a balanced portfolio of 50% stocks, 50% bonds would have seen was 2008, down 12%. But now if you look at any you know basic balanced fund like look at Vanguard Balanced Fund VBIAX. Rob, that fund is down almost as much as the S and P 500 this year because this is the worst bond market decline we've seen since the early 60s. So it, it's it's a painful, scary time for people that are in retirement or those that especially had planned to retire in the next year or two. They're they're altering their plans and they're wondering what should I be doing.
0: And that's a big fear at this point in time is not having a plan. <clears throat> you could actually make things a little bit worse because you can have fear and be greedy when others are fearful, be fearful when others are greedy. It all weaves together. What are you seeing the average person doing right now? Or what's maybe an extreme example of, of what you're seeing from some of the clients out there?
2: Oh, pushing off retirement for a couple of years. I've heard um, that. Because,
0: yeah. I've heard about 25% of Americans are going to delay retirement because of uh, current market conditions.
2: Yeah and if you ask you know what the fear are, it's it's almost inflationary fears are are more than the decline fears because i think a lot of investors that had saved just about enough to go through to to be able to retire in the first place yep. they've been through these declines a couple of times now in the last couple of decades right with the tech debacle several corrections in between there i mean you know even if you remember right after trump was elected there was about an 18% decline in that january i think it was and so they know that the the stocks come back and things like that, but what what's the unknown is is how long the inflation is going to last, right? We went through two decades of extremely low inflation almost the entire period of time Rob that you have been doing radio together um you know and and, and Nick's turning what twenty twenty three <laughs> uh this month, and so that's how long we we can always tell how long we've been doing radio together based on his birthday but um you know we we enjoyed several decades of of lower and lower inflation there was deflationary you know push on most goods and most goods out there especially electronics and things like that and so we're likely to see a period of higher inflation i don't you know i think we've seen the highest print i mean that's that's my guess is that this last inflationary print we're starting to we're going to see the numbers starting to come down But when you're running a portfolio and the interest the the rates of returns are likely going to be the same for the long run, it's the inflation that's the boogeyman out there.
0: I've said it for years and this has turned into the segment of, I think we told you so that I go, I used to always say the inflation is Freddie Krueger. It's Jason Voorhees and no one believed me. And then it finally came and it feels like it's a horror movie for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and, you
2: know, You got to continue to rebalance. You got to, if you've had extra cash or waiting to go in, I mean, while things could feel and get worse for a little while, it's going to be probably the best buying opportunity in the next decade and the next, you know, between now and a year from now.
0: And they say the bear markets last up to three years and we're 10 months into 2022. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels we are at least a third of it into, maybe more, maybe even finished. We don't know. Um, How do you feel about the timing right now?
2: Um, well, I, I think that the it, it's tough to say because I think that you're not hearing yet about the true layoffs and things like that that are starting to occur. Whether it's smaller tech companies that actually sell you know, physical products, the mortgage industry, the real estate industry. I mean, you just think about, I mean, if I look at social media and see all of the people that became real estate agents over the last five years.
0: Or Bitcoin brokers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I God. remember, I remember traveling last summer, and it was like I was at this place called Viceroy, and like I hear people, "Oh, what do you do?" "Oh, I'm a cryptocurrency trader." Like, well, good luck. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I still, I, I, there's still places for Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's a whole other story. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of changes that are going to be made, and we're going to go from, uh, you know, people from job hopping and going to the next place every six months for a higher wage to, you know, hunkering down. Quiet quitter. Um, <laughs> quiet quitter, yeah. You got it. So I mean, we'll get out of it. Um, you know, these, these recoveries typically last anywhere from, you know, six months to three years, and then we'll be off to the races again. So great time for younger people to accelerate their 401k contributions, finally go open that Roth IRA, that taxable account, start mm-hmm. investing as much as they possibly can, And then for retirees or people that were close to retirement, you got to reset. you got to do a a very detailed financial plan, cash flow analysis, the right rates of return, the right rates of inflation in the future, and see what your potential success is if you retire right now or if you have to
0: make small adjustments. Well, that's certainly good news. How about um, the heat of the market at this point in time? Do you think it's it's safe to get back in the water? Or is it – how are you feeling about the timing right now, heading into earnings season?
2: Well, I, I'm I'm more positive on the bond market than I've been in
0: since 2006. Okay. What, what does that What that look like?
2: Well, you know, we've been just more on you know actively managed bond funds. If rates have been declining and then going up, and and now you're at a point where I think that with the first inverted and now flattening yield curve, and you can get four percent on one year treasuries, and there's super attractive buys out there anywhere from the one to ten year along the curve of of municipal bonds and corporate bonds and On the podcast, uh, I talked about what Scott Minard said about, you know, even the higher yield market right now. Um, It's those that have been waiting to go into bonds. I think it's there's some pretty attractive buys out there. So it's not just stocks anymore. It's not there's no other alternative or the Tina trade. Both stocks and bonds look attractive for the next 10 years, in my opinion.
0: Thanks. Thanks very much, Chad. We'll keep Chad for the hour. We'll talk to him again about what to do in these kind of market conditions. We're also going to slowly hint at a new webinar. Nope, not webinar. Those days are over. Seminar coming up Thursday. November 17th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, so set aside the evening of Thursday, November 17th, and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. This event in Palo Alto will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or in retirement, this seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves, social security strategies, and managing IRAs and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, November 17th, 6.30 p.m. at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. Only $25. And for podcast listeners, we'll waive the fee. Just use promo code EVENT25. That's chadburton.com, promo code EVENT25. We're in a bear market. It's very clear that we're in a bear market. It's almost too textbook like that we're in a bear market during the break. I was speaking with CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at EP Wealth. He's a regional director. Uh we we're speaking almost how this is very, very textbook. It's um we're looking for things like job cuts. And it was hinted at earlier this week on a news leak that Intel is going to have a big job cut October twenty-seventh or twenty-eighth when they report their numbers. Um it's part of a bear market. It's why are we looking at bear markets as so negative, Chad? If you're pre-retirement, bear markets are great. If you're post-retirement, bear markets are a stress. That's how I would look at it if I can go back and tell my younger self, go back to the 1980s and say, hey, when there's a bear market, sell everything you can sell and buy everything you can buy. Um, uh, Sell your material possessions and buy stocks. Um, This is looking pretty textbook, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. I mean, the the bond market is what is not the textbook because the Fed is reacting so
0: aggressively. But is the bond um, so market is, st- the bond market should start be being better in theory with interest rates climbing above four percent?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to have people that were just buying stocks because bonds were so unattractive and not. I mean, you're getting you know two percent on twenty and thirty year bonds. You know, that's below the rate of inflation. So now that's totally changed, and so you're going to. St- start seeing eventually money you know coming back into the market right now there's still a lot of fears of things like high yield bonds or which are also aka junk bond funds they just kind of change the name for marketing <laughs> um where there's there's still some shoes to drop there i mean we saw a little bit of that overseas there'll be some cracks rob before this is all over that'll that'll make the news and it's going to be if you, you look at that historically when you're in the middle of a you know Fed increase, and you're in the middle of recessions or pre-recession, you buy when the news is bad. And that's that's typically the best trading days,
0: is, follows the worst trading days. Um, and as we learned this week, you never know when the best days are going to come. And when they come, they're kind of fast and furious. Yesterday looked awful, and then it turned out to be the best trading day since 2020. If- um, so people need to be cautious. I'm trying to be too right, too smart here. So let's talk a little bit about transitioning your portfolio. The people who are kind of in the middle right now. They're not retired and they're far from re, and they're not far from retirement, but they've got five years or so. Transitioning your portfolio from the accumulation phase, to the income phase is something you're going to be talking about at the Palo Alto event coming up, um, at the Elks Lodge, which is still not formally launched, but it's pretty close. People can find out more at chadburton.com later this weekend, chadburton.com. What's that transitioning process look like? Cause, Maybe maybe the door is opening up right now for the bond market, like we're seeing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that before transitioning into the decumulation phase or the you know the income phase was a little bit more difficult because it meant selling stocks that were you know with dividends. And, and we got to remember, and I'm really bad at this, especially on the new focus on wealth shows. I talk about you know dividends and interest. There's some people that don't know about dividends, Rob.
0: That's crazy. And, no, you're making that up.
2: No, no, no. I just, you know, realized that after talking, you know, for an hour and a half with somebody that um, was pretty high up in a logistics company, very smart, right? And okay. just it, the, and didn't realize that they didn't really think about what a dividend was. So when you invest in stocks, you have two components of growth. You have the growth in the share price, and then most larger companies pay a dividend on a quarterly basis. And the dividend yield of the S&P 500 is just under 2%. So even if the stock market is down, you still have dividend income. It's passive income. Right. And for the last several years, the dividend income from stocks was the same as or higher than what you could get out of bonds. And so a lot of people were avoiding buying bonds because the idea is rates go up, bonds go down in value in order to continue to buy stocks. So they were kind of building more and more aggressive portfolio in a phase where retirement is supposed to become more conservative. But the way that you want your portfolio to look is you do very careful cash flow planning and and retirement plan, which says, okay, this is how much I'm going to draw out of my portfolio every year in retirement over and above my social security, my dividends, interest, my rental income and things like that, if you have it. And when you five years from retirement, you want three years worth of portfolio draws in cash and the rest of your portfolio Somewhere around that, you know, 6040 mark where it's sixty percent stocks, um, you know, five percent or so in commodities, alternative assets, and the rest in fixed income. And people were ab- avoiding that fixed income or that bond. Fixed income and bond, it's the same thing, right? So those those terms are interchangeable. It's well now if you're Five years from retirement, you can alter your contributions in your 401k and start aggressively buying the, the the bonds instead of the stocks, and let your stocks continue to run. You don't want to start selling your stocks at this point. Right. It's terrible time. Even if they go down further for a while, you still have dividends that are being reinvested. And if we have time, we should you know talk about that. What happens if you do sell? Try to go to cash and then miss just even the 50 best days of the market over a period of time. I saw a real-life example of this the other day.
0: Before we get to that, so I've been kind of right When my 25 years. It gets kind of redundant. A lot of what you and I say get kind of redundant. Um, when I said buy stocks under 3.5% on the 10-year yield, treasury, um, when it's under 3.5%, buy buy bonds when it's above 3.5%. Is that kind of... It's too generalized, but it's kind of working out that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of where,
2: what direction inflation and interest rates are going. And how old you, so you feel are. like rates and inflation have topped out, then you're going to be hundred percent right. Um, so what, if you're averaging in, you're going to be right over time anyway.
0: What was the story about the, uh, person in there with drawdown rates?
2: Well, okay. So um, I, I saw a real life example of this, but, um, there's like even Putnam has one online, right? You can find this, um, you know, the, the risk of being out of the market. Mm-hmm. So Putnam has one online, for example, that you can say if $10,000 invested in the S&P 500 on December 31st of 2006, so right before the Great Recession, where from the top to the bottom, the stock market was down over 50% to the end of, of 2021, the S&P 500 averaged 10.66% total return with, with you know the share price increase and, and dividends reinvested. So arguably, one of the worst times to invest because of the credit crisis and COVID and everything else, right? It was top of the the market and end of 06. Still, the market averaged 10.66%. Now, if somebody cashed in and kept going in and out of the market and they missed the 10 best days of trading... Over that period of that long, long period of time, only 10 best days, your rate of return drops to 5.05%. If you miss the 20 best days, your rate of return drops to 1.59%. You stay out of the market and miss the best 30 days of the stock market, your return goes negative. You average negative 1.18%. And if you missed only the 40 best days of the stock market from 19 or from uh, 2006 to 2021, your rate of return drops from a positive 10.66 to a negative 3.58% rate of return. Timing the market is a disaster. Absolute disaster.
0: Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes or fees. You might call it the Suitcases Always Packed Pass or the Wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains or all-free pass? Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. Listening to a banking analyst yesterday talk about which banks are going to do better than others and this is I think I geek out a little bit when it comes to financial data and listening to analysts and trying to get a little nugget here and there. But CFP Chad Burton sitting in with me today, he and I will be doing an event on November 17th in Palo Alto, first event since COVID. So knock on wood. Um, very, very excited about that. But the banking analyst said, Chad, invest in banks right now that don't have, that get a lot of deposits but don't have to do a lot of lending because they're going to make the most money on the carry interest trade from the higher interest rates. And I was like, I love stuff like that. What do you geek out with in the world of financial planning?
2: (laughs) Oh, probably taxes. Really? Overall strategy, cash flow planning, planning out withdrawals for several years. Because the the job of a financial advisor, I'm telling you, the portfolio side is easy, right? With technology that we have these days when I first got in the business, you know, 1993, we, we used to have to, if for mutual funds, wait for the morning star booklets to come through. And they were like, you know, looked like almost old newspapers that were yellowed. And you'd flip through and look at what the fund holdings were, the returns, the standard deviation and all those risks. And, you know, pick your funds from there. Now everything's at our fingertips and then software alerts you when counts are out of rebalance. And when you need to make an, need to make a trade and things like that. So portfolio is the easy part, but, for retirees and going into the from the wealth accumulation phase to the wealth distribution phase, it's which accounts do you draw from first? And then how do you shelter yourself from a situation where stocks and bonds go down at the same time? That's called the order of stock market returns. Like if you're retiring and the stock market is way down, typically bonds are way up. But there's periods of time like the 60s, the 80s, where stocks and bonds are down together. So, unless you have cash on the sidelines and enough dividends and interest to last three to five years, you end up having to sell shares at a loss. And that locks in losses rather than letting them recover. So, I kind of geek out on taxes and cash flow planning and estate planning issues as well.
0: How concerned are you that something is broken and that things don't return to normal, that you're wrong, that we're not, that everything you're tinkering with now doesn't get broken even further?
2: Zero concern. Okay, I, I mean, want people. I, I want people to hear that, that I, I one more time,
0: Chad. How concerned Zero are you? That concern. things are- exactly. Zero concern. You know, if, if, if Russia launches
2: from- a a nuclear yep. weapon, that's another issue. But it, economically, we we will live through this one, and we'll see ten more in the next you know hundred years. <laughs> so, uh, every seven to ten years, you're going to see events like this.
0: Do you get emails like I get emails, or am I more on the consumer side of the fence of people who are like, it's broken? I don't know what to do. I'm on all cash and I'm never coming back and I don't trust the stock market and I don't trust Biden and I don't trust Wall Street. And I get a lot of emails that, where people are afraid it's broken.
2: Yeah. And well, okay, so you have to separate what's going on socially, which feels very broken right now, right? The divisiveness, the the political system, the wealth gap. That's all, you know, that, that's one conversation that you have, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty disheartening. I mean, you know, we have an office in Vancouver, Washington. And so I can go 20 minutes across the bridge and see Portland, Oregon and what a beautiful city that used to be. And it's a disaster zone. I mean, it, it, the, the politicians have ruined that city. It is. How bad is it? Cause I remember ugly, for- graffiti. There's homeless everywhere. Nobody wants to go down there. I mean, huh. it's, it's, it's a, it's a hole in the ground now. And. It, they need a whole change of administration because hardly anybody's been voting. So the people that get into the office are the weirdos. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so socially, it's it's there's a lot of issues there that we're dealing with. And it's, it's very, you know, you're either way left or w- way right. Well, most people, guess what, are somewhat in the middle, right? But all you hear about is way left or way right because of social media and because of the 24-hour news and clickbait. But you have to separate that from investing. You can have social problems out there, but you have to realize that no matter who's president, companies are run by CEOs. And there's still demand out there for goods and services. There's growing middle class around the world. And they figure out how to make money in good economies or bad economies. There's always opportunities to make money somewhere based on, you know, laws and tax issues and things like that. And so you have to separate investing in companies from what's going on socially and i think that if you kind of can realize that like oh yeah these aren't you know companies are not run by the government companies are run by ceos with groups of attorneys and everything else that figure out a way to make money in good economies or bad economies um you know the auto industry is an example right now where their revenues are going to be way down rob right but um industries like that where revenues are down they've been able to pass on in price increases and control inventory so by the time you have lower revenues you have much lower costs and the same profit per share you know or a raising profits per share in the long run so um while sales could be way down for a company they can control costs or do something different and keep profits up and that's what you're investing for is profits and cash flow in the long run um, uh, so you just, just separating what's going on politically, socially, environmentally from investing, um, might help, you know, say, oh, okay, I can keep my investments separate from my, my social attitude.
0: What do you think we're going to call this? Because you and I have invested through the flash crash, the cotton bubble, beans in the teens, rare earth, uranium, Ebola. We weren't alive for World War One, World War II, the Korean conflict, Vietnam, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, Cold War. Uh, Congress with Republicans, Congress with Democrats, we have invested in wild, differently eras of of the stock market. What's this one going to be called when we look back on it?
2: Well, it's interesting because it's like a combination. You know, the 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 of COVID reversing globalization. Now we're deglobalizing, that's bringing right. supply chains back to the U.S. and Mexico, which in the long run is good for you know middle class and job creation here. Probably, good but for that's a higher too. rate of inflation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Higher rate of inflation, though, because we have to pay people, workers more here, which is fine, right? right? Um, so you've got the you know the supply chain issues, but the the government mishaps. So first, it was the PPP loans, and I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Trump started it, and then it wasn't regulated property under Biden, where you know most businesses thought they were going to go in the toilet, Rob. We thought this was going to be the worst. Reduction in revenue for almost every single company out there because we were all staying home and it didn't happen. Most businesses had their best year ever. Yet the PPP loans still were forgiven because they met the criteria of keeping people on the job and other things like that. So all that money got dumped into the system. And now the Federal Reserve is behind the curve and acting now too aggressively, in my opinion. So I had a lot of respect for Jerome Powell and how he handled and helped the bond market avoiding a crisis during COVID. Right. They stepped in properly but but now i don't i don't get this i'm going to fight inflation with the overnight lending rate between banks which affects mortgages and the ability for families to buy homes when a lot of the ongoing inflation has to do with the ppp mo- money that was flowing through the system that will fade out and the supply chain that needs time to fix itself so now i'm not really a fan of Jerome Powell it's kind of sad to say but i'm i, I think that they're i think they need to stop and see what's going to happen here and let the the see how many layoffs will truly occur. And I think they're disconnected from the labor market because of the gig economy anyway. So anyway, that's, that's my opinion.
1: Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, Chadburton.com has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement links to our webinars and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax efficient, investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton.
0: Big event coming up, November 17th. It's been a long time since I've said that. You can learn more about it this weekend by checking out chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. If for some reason you never get through to those sites, uh, go delete your cookies and refresh and start again, and you'll get through. I'm pretty positive about it. Let's talk to the CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at EP Wealth or his website, Rob, uh, ChadBurton.com. You can find him kind of onto my site, RobBlackShow.com. He does a podcast here. Um, you can find it online at New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Chad, let's talk about when the markets are down. What are the, some of the positives you can do? Because I think Roth conversions probably look a little bit more attractive at these times.
2: Yeah, absolutely. and. First of all, when I do Roth conversions, that's when you decide that, hey, I'm at a, a, a low tax bracket right now, lower than I'm going to likely be in the future. So this is typically a person that retires, mm-hmm. and then especially you know if they're holding off from so, to, on social Security till they're seventy, so they're from the date of retirement to age 70, they're at a much lower or controllable tax bracket. Once you're seventy, you have Social Security. Um, if you've put it off. And then once you're 72, you have required minimum distributions, So you start to lose that ability to control your tax bracket. Because in retirement, typically most people pay taxes on 85% of their Social Security and then their required minimum distributions are taxable. That's, having, that's the age when you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs and 401Ks. So the idea is from the date of retirement um, through age 71 is a great time to look at IRA to Roth conversions where you decide to pay the taxes now by moving the money from your IRA over to your Roth, and when you can do that, if you if you first of all you have to you don't, you don't just blindly do this. You have to have a long term cash flow projection and look at a situation where it's like, am I leaving money to my kids, or am I just do I just barely have enough money to last till age one hundred? Um, if if the if the answer is I barely just have lot, enough money to last till age one hundred, typically this isn't for you. This is for people that I've, I'm leaving extra money to my kids and I'm trying to make sure that uh, as a family, we pay less taxes, right? And when you do this, if from the date of retirement through age 71, if you can do IRA to Roth conversions and do this, I like to make sure you're staying in the 22% federal bracket or below, then you usually win. And as long as you live live into your mid 80s, you're exchanging, you're paying the taxes now, but you're moving the money into a account that grows tax-free forever. And even though you've paid Uncle Sam early, as long as you can live into your mid-80s, you're, you're ahead of the game. Between that money growing, you're invested, growing tax-free, pulling it out tax-free, you're going to win. And, then, and your kids are really going to win. So what a great time to do this when the, the market is low. And so you can look at your you know, large-cap growth funds, your small-cap growth funds, international funds, and you can actually do an in-kind conversion where if you have an IRA at Schwab, you can open a Roth IRA at Schwab and choose, you know, a certain amount of shares of a fund, a stock, ETF, and move them over to, from your IRA to your Roth and pay the taxes on it. So I like the in-kind conversions. You got to max out your bracket. There's a couple of things to be aware of where your where your bracket is. So there's a zero, a twelve uh you know the, you go all the way up to the 22% bracket so you have to know that where is your taxable income going to sit because you have all sorts of things you have dividends and interest on your taxable accounts you have social security you have pension all that kind of stuff where is your brackets but also you have to be aware of irma rob you know irma. you're going to have to learn about irma one of these days right and I that's don't want where <laughs> we do it if your income is too high you pay more for social security uh for medicare part b rather than your neighbor Okay. So instead of paying the one seventy a month, you start to pay a heck of a lot more. That's not and nice. so you have to be aware those brackets are not they're not the same, they're disconnected. So you have to run, you know, careful analysis to say if I convert this much, what am I paying in federal taxes? Oh, okay, it's 22% or less. But what did it do to my capital gains taxes? So if I sold any stock or or funds in a retire in a taxable account or had dividends and interest, does it has it pushed that tax up? And does it push me into the other bracket for Medicare Part B premiums? And what happens is Medicare looks at your tax return every, you know, from the two years before. So you start having to be careful about Irma and Medicare Part B premiums at age sixty three. Is it kicking at sixty five? So there's several calculations that you have to do. And you know we use two different pieces of tax software to kind of analyze what's the right amount to go from an IRA to a Roth. How does it affect your capital gains? How does it affect your Medicare Part B premiums? And, and then, of course, how does it affect you and your family in the long run?
0: Speaking of CFP, Brad, I'm not going to give his last name, but he works with you. Um, It feels weird giving his last name, but he told me I'm too young. I'm earning too much money and to do my Roth conversions when I get a little bit older where I'm kind of managing it more. Does that sound about right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, in fact, there's kind of the switch off. Most younger people when they, you know, first get out of college and they're working, they should be funding their Roth 401k because they're not at a very high tax bracket. But as soon as they get into their, you know, higher earning potential and they're paying a higher bracket above 22%, do the pre-tax 401k. And then if you're maxing out the pre-tax side of your 401k, your company probably has that mega Roth contribution option where if you're maxing out the pre-tax side on your 401k, you get a certain amount of match and profit sharing. There's there's usually an amount that you can put in after tax. And I've got some people that are putting you know 20 grand a year into the Roth side in addition to their pre-tax side on the Roth. It's a mega Roth 401k. There's articles on it on chadbert.com. Um, but yeah, you're, you, you, don't want to do it now, Rob, you want to do it from the date of retirement until, you know, you, you're age 72 when you do it at a much lower bracket, sub 22% federal. That's well
1: said.
0: Uh, yeah. So you can find out more about Chad at chadburton.com. One more thing to hit in under 30 seconds. So can you hit donor advised funds?
2: Yeah, that's, so somebody that is, you know, in retirement, they're not, itemizing the deductions, but they do a lot of charitable gifting. They can do a donor advised fund with low basis stock, use that big tax deduction to do an IRA to Roth conversion. And that's one of my favorite strategies right now.
0: There's a lot to do. There's a lot to learn. November 17th, you can meet CFP, Chad Burton, and myself at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Sign up will begin probably over the weekend. Maybe you'll get an email you can sign up for at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. You can find regional director CFP podcast with New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton at any place you need to podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. It's chadburton.com. It's New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Find him online at chadburton.com.